Harness the energy you need to get you through the hectic holiday season with NT Factor's holiday sale. Get 20% off all orders of $150 or more now through December 31st. Just use the code SAVE20 at NTFactor.com. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. Clinical trials have shown that NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half. It also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT Factor is all natural available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. I've been using NT Factor for years and I prescribe it for my patients. So take advantage of NT Factor's holiday sale and stock up for the new year. Get 20% off all orders of $150 or more through December 31st. Call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or use code SAVE20 at ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And as we inaugurate 2021, uh, certainly there are stressful factors that are afflicting us. Some are carryovers from 2020. Uh, Others are unique. Uh, There's an interesting meme on Facebook that I came across uh, just today. Uh, It said, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced the free seven-day trial, and I'm not interested. (laughs) And I think (laughs) a lot of people can share that sentiment. Uh, Today, we're going to talk to uh, an expert on the subject of stress. Uh, She's just came out with a book entitled, Don't Mess With Stress, A Simple Guide to Managing Stress, Optimizing Health, and Making the World a Better Place. She is Dr. Jill Barron. Dr. Barron is board certified in family medicine as well as integrative medicine. And uh, she has a very, very uh, active and successful practice right here in Manhattan where I practice. Uh, She's been a good colleague of mine for many years here in New York City. And, uh, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? When it comes to stress. Certainly the case. Uh, So, uh, what uh, prompted you to write the book? Because you actually talk in the book about uh, your own personal experiences uh, transcending uh, stress. Uh, tell us about your journey. Yes. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Hoffman, for having me on the show. Uh, it's very exciting to be here and to speak about my book. So I kind of have dealt with stress and anxiety for a lot of my life, and along the way, uh, studied and tried different techniques. And the first one that I learned was called Transcendental Meditation when I was 17. And over the years, I had stopped and started, and but I seemed to keep on coming back to TM. Uh, and it's been very, very helpful uh, in, in doing that. And also, I've tried, I've experimented with a lot of different other types of meditation practices, including mindfulness and uh, yoga, uh, which I still practice, and a, a technique called the art of living, which they have what's called their sky breathing technique. And I try and incorporate elements of the other, of, of uh, 
sky breathing and mindfulness just in my daily life. And what I felt was that I was seeing people and patients who were very stressed. And I feel that, that people, one of the, the major causes of disease, I feel, is stress. And I know that these techniques have helped me become less reactive and more centered and calmer. And I felt that I wanted to write a book to kind of highlight my own experience personally and also professionally and to show that what I believe, this is the basic thesis of the book, is that if people feel better, mind, body, and spirit, they are apt to be nicer to other people. And that causes a positive ripple effect and makes the world a better place. And so that's what my book is really about. My book uh, is, is pretty simple. I wanted to make it simple and readable so that people could take action and learn. And so that's, what I, that's why I wrote this book. Well, make the world a better place. <laughs> and it's especially timely now. Uh, do you feel that there's certain unique factors that are propelling stress in 2021? Uh, is it uh, fear? Is it isolation? Uh, is it uh, political strife? Is it the media? I mean, I think all these factors have come together in sort of a perfect storm. You know, also the economic stress of, you know, some people uh, not uh, being able to uh, have a livelihood, uh, you know, fearing for, uh, you know, just, you know, where they're going to get their next paycheck uh, and so on. Yes, I think that, yes, you're right. I think it's all of the above. And, and that is really, it's very stressful to have all these things. You know, many times we may have a few different stressors, but we have so many layered on top of each other. And that's why it's really important to have what I call like the don't mess with stress core four, you know, which, and so I made this acronym out of the title. So D is diet, M is meditate, W is walk, walk, move, sleep. I mean, walk, move, exercise, dance, and S is sleep. And my feeling is that people need to have built resilience. And by having these four core lifestyle behaviors handled, it makes them more resilient and makes us more resilient. Now, it can be stressful to think, oh my God, I don't, I'm not managing any of those areas. It's okay. It's all about taking baby steps and just, let's say you're not handling your diet. Just in the book, it gives you some, some tips on what to do and how to start. And I don't know, you probably see this in your practice, uh, Ron, is that when people start to make changes in one area, there's a kind of, a, it kind of carries over to mm-hmm. other areas. Yeah. So the idea, yeah, so the idea is really just to kind of start and make changes. And I think that that will help facilitate and get people inspired to make others. Right. And, you know, the book is, is compact and bite-sized and, you know, the suggestions are uh, easily implementable. Uh, but, you know, let's uh, back up a little bit and take a look at the physiology of stress. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic nervous system and, you know, what stress hormones are and, you know, are there deleterious effects of bathing in these constantly? Yes, that was actually beautifully said, bathing in these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yes, Marinating exactly. may so, be another word for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that really is a good word because, uh, which I haven't thought of before I describe it, but I will cite you if that's the case. Sure. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we have a few different types of nervous systems, and one of them is called the autonomic, not automatic, but the autonomic nervous system. And it's composed of two different branches. The sympathetic nervous system, which I 
kind of called the stressful nervous system, S-sympathetic and stress. And there's the parasympathetic, which is the peaceful nervous system. And the paras- and then they, they each uh, have different hormones that are released. And that the, the, pe- the parasympathetic or peaceful nervous system is really active when we're eating, hopefully peacefully, when we're relaxed, that's when, and calm, that's when the parasympathetic system is, is working. And one of the major nerves is called the vagus nerve. And that kind of, you know, controls the heart as well, uh, and makes it slow down. Uh, and that's what the, para, the parasympathetic or peaceful nervous system is. Now, the other side is the sympathetic nervous system or the stress nervous system. This is another name for that is called the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have fight, flight or freeze. Anyway, what this is about is that when people are stressed and let's say you're walking in New York City or you're in primitive times, it actually evolved to help us in primitive times because if we were uh, hunting and we saw an animal like a tiger coming towards us, we would either have to fight that tiger or run, would either fight or flee. And what, in order to do that, in order to kind of get the energy to fight or flee, Hormones were, are, are released, were released and are released, uh, specifically adrenaline and cortisol, to increase our heart rate, to make the lung tubes, the bronchi, bigger so we can get more air in to breathe. It also diverts the, uh, the blood away from our digestive and sexual organs into the, the big muscles of our legs and arms so we could run and fight. And it also increases our heart rate, which I think I said. And also it causes the pupils to dilate so you can see better. Mm -hmm. So this is a sympathetic nervous system. Now, we do need this system. Uh, If we're in a a golf bid being attacked or something happens, we need to to fight or flee. But if you're standing in line at the 10-item cash register and uh, not cash anymore, the, cash, the register whatever, uh, and you, a person's in front of you with 30 items and you want to basically scream at them and you don't say anything, you know that the, 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 uh, the smoke is, is coming out of your ears. But what that, what's going on is that you're thinking of all this stress and aggravation and those hormones are being produced and, it's, and you're not even using them because you're just standing there, you're not even you know, using the hormones to move. Now, if these hormones are chronically produced when we're chronically stressed, it can cause disease, you know, and, and it can raise our blood sugar, it can raise cholesterol, it can uh, cause deposits in our arteries, uh, it can cause hair loss, uh, back pain, heart disease, a lot of things. And that's why the stress response is is so dangerous right it, it can become uh, maladaptive you know in a lot of ways uh, we are what has been termed stone agers in the fast lane and the uh, things that uh, adapted us to life on the savannah a uh, hundred thousand years ago uh, are not suitable for uh, modern urban life they, they just seem to work against us. You know, the fact that we're able to so readily store fat, the fact that we crave sweets because it's a calorie source, uh, and the fact that uh, we have this marvelous stress adaptation. Uh, but, um, you know, instead of fight or flight, it's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Right, exactly. So uh, is it possible that diet 
can influence stress. You know, some people say, well, what, you know, what is diet possible? How could it possibly have an impact on my stress? It's actually one of your uh, letters in the DMS, DMWS uh, program. It starts with D. So that's a, that's an ambitious claim for diet. Is there such a thing as a stress-reducing diet? Well, I think that there's not one diet. I don't believe there's one diet for everybody. There is a, a guy by the name of Roger Williams who was a PhD, I think, in biochemistry, who mm-hmm. wrote a book uh, called Biochemical Individuality in 1956. And his theory was that even though we're all humans, we're different. And some people, for some people, broccoli may be the best thing, but maybe not so good for other people, believe it or not. Including George George Bush, I think he didn't right. like broccoli. <laughs> right. And so, um, so in answer to your question, is there a stress-reducing diet? There are some guidelines I'd recommend. But in terms of, in terms of um, uh, like a raw food diet or that kind of thing, there's not one way. But I, what I do recommend is kind of eating more plant-based, uh, eating less sugar, less alcohol. These are things that, uh, like eating sugar can make people jittery. It's also not good for your brain in terms of like the hippocampus and memory. So, so when you're stressed, that also can reduce because cortisol can reduce the, the size of the hippocampus, I believe, uh, and mm-hmm. so can yeah. sugar. So there's a, th- a test called the hemoglobin A1C, yep. which is a, a three-month average of where your blood sugar's been. And there is, is research that says that if, that if your, he- your hemoglobin A1C is very, very high, that can result in a reduced size of the hippocampus, which is your memory mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so these are things that, that people should think about. Now, there's also I also talk about what's called nutrient-dense foods. And we know that processed foods, which are foods that you find in a box um, or cans, uh, are uh, that can be are, can be in cans, uh, are highly you know, that are that are processed, really um, can become are not healthy for us. They have uh, ing- other ingredients that are probably not healthy. Um, they may have what's called genetically modified organisms in them. They may be high in sugar and white flour. And all these things, uh, especially when they're all converted to sugar, glucose can cause what's called ages products, advanced glycation, it's aptly named advanced glycation end products, which is ages. And what these products are is the binding of glucose, sugar, to proteins. And, and it can cause an inflammatory process. It makes, makes the brain inflamed. It's just not good for the body. Mm-hmm. So eating too much processed foods is not a good idea. So, yeah, guidelines, yes. You know, Jill, yes. I just came across a book, and this is a, just a serendipity. I, uh, you know, collect uh, health books, and uh, I recently downsized my office, so I shipped a bunch of boxes to uh, uh, my home uh, outside the city. I've got a big basement, so I can just store boxes there. And so I decided to, you know, clean the basement over the holidays. I, you know, had a little extra time in my hands, nice opened up boxes. And uh, I found a book uh, that was written by a guy named E.M. Abramson, uh, who wrote a book in 1951 called Body, Mind, and Sugar. Uh, ah. And in it, uh, you know, he's, he's a very academic guy, uh, mm-hmm. frequently quoted by Carlton Fredericks, who was a big uh, advocate for a sugar-free diet. Uh, body, mind, and sugar. The idea being 
that sugar has a big effect on mood. And interestingly, this guy collaborated with a Dr. Hoffman. That guy had two N's. That wasn't me. Back in the mm-hmm. 1950s. And Dr. Hoffman had case after case after case where he took people who were really kind of nutso people, you know, people with very, very serious uh, psychiatric diagnoses, you know, anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. depression, even schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive mm. disorder, you name it, put them on a no sugar diet after doing glucose tolerance tests, demonstrating they had hypoglycemia. And, uh, you know, that sort of launched this whole uh, food mood revolution, you know, this notion that, right. you know, diet really does have an impact on on mood and on anxiety. And, you know, we all know what it feels like to have low blood sugar. You feel hangry, you know, you feel anxious, right. irritable. And, you know, by by uh, maintaining an even keel on your blood sugar uh, through eating low glycemic index foods, as you mentioned, uh, you know, protein and healthy fats, less in the way of refined carbohydrates, uh, it has a mood modulating effect, right? Totally, totally. And, and also, you know, we're learning, and you probably know this, of this bi-directional effect. So what you, you know, kind of uh, what you eat really affects your gut, which can affect yep. your brain and the your mood. The microbiome connection, yes, right. The, that's the gut, right, brain the microbiome connection. connection. Yeah, that's, that's very That's exactly important. right, and it goes in both directions. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, serotonin is, is uh, the bulk of it is produced in the gut. And so, uh, and that can be affected by the, the microbiome, the bacteria in the gut. And if your microbiome is out of balance, which I would say that most of ours is probably, yes. if we live in the Western world, uh, you know, that can affect your brain. And mm-hmm. so that's why I also recommend like having, eating, you know, having fish, uh, uh, fatty fish, fish oil, uh, EHA, e- EPA and DHA and, you know, those kinds of things to decrease inflammation and, and, and improve your mood as well. Right. It's been shown you know, that the, the omega-3s yeah. have some uh, potentially antidepressant uh, anti-anxiety effects. That's right. Uh, also, they do. Uh, refined foods have virtually no magnesium. Oh, tell us about the role of magnesium in, in uh, modulating stress. Well, magnesium can calm people down. It's, it's used, it can do a number of different things in terms of what it's bound to, in terms of like magnesium citrate that can be used also to help with constipation. But um, magnesium or magnesium oxide, magnesium glycinate, these can all, and magnesium citrate, can help people calm down. And magnesium is a very important cofactor in a lot of different reactions in the body. And so it could have, you know, a sedative effect, a calming effect, uh, and it's a very important nutrient. We probably don't get enough of magnesium in our diets. Indeed. Uh, And, you know, is there anything, I mean, People who are engaged in meditative practices, and this is worldwide, uh, you know, monks in monasteries in in medieval Europe, uh, but also uh, the wise men of the Asian tradition, you know, in uh, India uh, and in China and Japan, uh, in order to to develop sort of a equanimous disposition. Uh, they gravitated towards sort of a light uh, plant-based diet, right? And that this somehow had a uh, like a kind of a leavening effect on their moods. Very interesting. Yes, I, I agree. I, when I, I've been to India and I've been to an ashram, and uh, it's interesting. I felt that if there's one place I'm going to get sick, it was going to be the ashram. 
But I'll never forget when I was there, I basically got a spoon, and they served this amazing, there's a term called sattvic. It's a, I think it's a um, Sanskrit word. I, I think it means like heavenly. Uh, and the food was so amazing. It was all vegetarian. And it was just, I, I felt, I really felt heavenly <laughs> in my brain and my, in my, you know, my, my mood when I was there. Yeah, I didn't get you know, sick, and it was maybe not such a suitable diet if you're a, a longshoreman or if you're, uh, you know, a special forces, uh, you know, uh, commando or something. Maybe you need something more uh, substantial. But you know, I di- agree, and grounding, yes, grounding, right? So diet does have uh, a profound effect on on mood, and you know, you you emphasize that in the book. Uh, this is a good point at which to pause because our listeners know we divide our podcasts into two parts. And in part two, I want to talk about uh, some other concomitants to uh, reducing stress, specific supplements. We've touched upon some of those. Um, Also, uh, meditation, exercise, uh, and sleep. Uh, Those are some of the components in a comprehensive program to address stress, uh, as elucidated in this great new book, Don't Mess With Stress. Today's guest, the author. Dr. Jill Barron, my good colleague here in New York. Jill, we'll be right back with more. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.